Hello, everyone. Welcome. Today, Anna Via is on the show. Anna Via and I have known each other for about a year. We're both in a program with Ty Lopez, you know, internet marketer, farmer, amazing dude, Ty Lopez. We're in a mastermind program of his. And I vow to get Ty on this podcast one day. That will happen. But Anna Via and I hit it off, and both are in the marketing world. She's been running a marketing company for longer than I have, Piccolo Marketing. That's P-I-C-C-O-L-O, Piccolo Marketing. And the thing I really love about this episode is Anavia is an incredible marketer. She's a great strategist. She's also super organized. And some of the things that I like really wish I was much better at <laughs> being organized. And she just seems to execute when she wants to. And also, she's very outspoken. And I think a lot of people could get a lot out of this podcast and a lot out of what she does because of the way that she uh, carries herself, her personality. And the way she puts herself out there personally and in her business. Because listen, when it comes to this podcast, it's all about be the teacher you needed. Okay. So it's about learning skills that you wish you would have had when you were younger. Like when I was younger, I was, I'm going to say extremely shy, maybe not like extremely, but I was really shy and had a lot of fear and didn't have much self, self confidence. So I always wanted to be very outspoken. Like it was inside of me. I just couldn't get it out. And if you were a shy kind of person, you know what I'm talking about. So it's nice to talk to people who don't, uh, who didn't experience that and who are very good at public speaking and very open at being themselves and putting themselves out there. So you've got to learn these skills. If you didn't get them early, you've got to get them later on in life. Because listen, I know this, and hopefully by now you know this, you have about 80,000 thoughts that run through your head each day. About 95% of those thoughts are repeating thoughts. They repeat over and over and over again. They're not new. You've been thinking them for years. So how do you swap them out? It's it's a simple formula. You got to let a lot of them go, but you also got to put new thoughts in, swapping out the old ones. And that's what I like to make this show about. Okay. So as you're listening, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe to the show, give it a rating, give it a review, share it, tell people about it. And let me also know as well. Give me some feedback so you can find Rob Z Radio on any platform, any social media platform at Rob Z Radio, Facebook and Instagram, robzradio.com. So if you want to tell me something about the show, if you want to give me some information, I would love to hear from you. So Ana Via, so the cool thing about her, she's very passionate about helping small business owners, helping really, I think any business owner. And she wants to help them scale their businesses with her marketing company. She has like an, an outsourced uh, marketing director model for her company. She does coaching, consulting, uh, and she's just she executes. And she's a great strategist. And she's also building a platform right now called Build Your Damn Business. Because sometimes when you're building a business, and if you're trying to, you know this, a lot of things get in the way, and most of those things are you, right? So you got to figure out how to get the hell out of your own way and build the damn business. That's what it's all about. Thank you to DDP Yoga, number one, for changing my body and my uh, health and my physical structure and just the way that I can move. Thank you for being a sponsor on this show. Also, listen, DDP Yoga might be one of the best programs, one of the best fitness programs in the world, especially for people trying to lose weight, gain flexibility, different than any kind of yoga you've ever taken. I promise you it's, it's on another level and it's more in your face. So if you don't like the super chill yoga, this is a little more in your face yoga with killer workouts, 
Hundreds of workouts on the app. I use it all the time. That's why I'm talking about it. DDPYoga.com. You can go there, check it out for yourself. Let's get down with Anavia and talk some marketing. But he, yeah, we're going to get deeper than marketing. Because when you get deep into marketing, you realize it's all about people. And it's all about how you manage yourself and how you manage your relationships with others. Let's do it. This is Rob Z Radio. Welcome, everybody, as always, to Rob Z Radio. Today, I have Anavia with me. Super happy to have Anavia on the podcast. We've been friends now for uh, a little over yeah. a year. And Anavia, first of all, yeah. thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. For sure. Now, I always start off these conversations because the title of the podcast, Be the Teacher You Needed, I'm always curious about something that you learned later in life. It could be this past year, it could be whenever, uh, that you wish you would have learned when you were 10, 15, 20 years old. So anybody who's listening who is younger could be impacted, or even older, could be impacted by the knowledge that you have now and apply it to knowledge that they need in their life. So go ahead. What's something you have? <laughs> so you just asked that question a little differently than you did when you sent me the question ahead of time. So now I have a new one to share. So you said like 10 or 15 or whatever. So when I was younger, especially a freshman in high school, I wish that someone had um, told me that in order to get the hair that you see on the front of like the magazines, like that supermodel hair, yeah. that you have to dry your hair in sections. <laughs> that you can't try to dry it all in one gigantic lump. Oh, wow. And that, I think, I think that one piece of advice, knowing how to blow out and blow dry my own hair, would have had a huge impact on my social life in high school um, because I did not know that thing and it was a train wreck. <laughs> Of, of hair because uh, I have a lot of it and it is red and loud and crazy and that definitely was a hindrance to me in my formative years hmm. so that is a bonus tip for all of you girls that are like hey what do I do learn learn sections of your hair I know you probably struggled with that a lot didn't you Rob? Oh I, yeah well when I was 19 I actually had hair down to like my shoulders so I probably could have used oh. it back then but I never blew dry my Why hair Why have so. I not seen pictures of this? There's not many pictures of documenting I, that part of I, my life. I'm pretty sure that that needs to be in the podcast notes <laughs> later is a picture of you with this I'm, gonna, I'm writing that down right now actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find Thank you. I'm going to yes, find a photo. That is the the bonus of this podcast is the 19-year-old Rob oh. here, which is going to be amazing. Um, so, no, I do have a couple other things that I've learned, like, more <laughs> by professional life, which would probably help the majority of your audience. Um, now, most of my so podcast of is all things, about hair, so forget it. You yeah, talk just about hair. I mean, I'm sure there are podcasts all about hair. I guarantee uh, <laughs> For sure, for sure. So, yeah, so one of the things that um, – so right now I do actually a lot of uh, mentoring – uh, one of the programs that I'm specifically affiliated with as a founding mentor is the Women in Business program at Vanderbilt University. And it is a group of very intelligent, sharp young ladies that are looking for uh, kind of what you're saying. Like, hey, can I get some tips or some hacks or some, you know, some cheat codes because I'm a big geek that plays video games um, that, uh, you know, that would help me kind of expand my career because colleges and you know, universities, a lot of, they don't really teach a lot of the softer skills. Uh, so, you know, a lot of these, these students that are coming to me are looking for that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of the things that I wish I had learned earlier is the importance of developing a network 
Yeah. And understanding what a network is. So a network isn't just, you know, you went to a networking event and it had the title and, you know, you collected some business cards and everybody mutually agreed to keep in touch. You know, the network is everyone you go to church with. And like, you know, if you're younger, the, you know, the people you babysit for and your dentist and like all of your college professors, you know, just, you know, everybody at your part-time job. I mean, it's everybody, you know, and I wish that I had known earlier. I didn't catch on until I was about 27 or 28. But um, if you can collect the contact information for all of those people, and when I say regularly stay in touch, I mean, now in in 2019, it's super easy through things like email marketing and social media. But Mm -hmm. the people that know you and like you, as you've heard, you know, as, as that's an old adage, people do business with people they like, like, that is your best resource for um, not only career growth, but also like personal growth, you know, making friends and, you know, meeting a spouse and all that kind of stuff. So um, I wish I had had a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say coaching, but like, I wish that that was a little bit more important uh, in a college setting or in a, you know, in a, in a classroom setting so that you learned how to do that rather than just you know, how to create a good marketing message. <laughs> Boy, and I can't agree more. I mean, that is really, and you said it like it's it's good for your business world, but also for your personal world. There's, and I didn't pick up on that until a lot later in life also. I was always afraid of adults and afraid of people who were older than me. And I didn't like yeah. take the time to, to understand like, hey, these people could actually really help me. Not just because I didn't know what my profession was going to be necessarily when I was younger, uh, but just to help you go through life, right. like to find mentors and things like that. There's there's nothing more important than that. And, and a lot of people don't talk about it. So a lot of people don't bring that up. They don't make that a point, especially in school. Right. Nobody. You, you, I don't think I heard the word mentor until I was like, you know, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s for some reason. It's like yeah. nobody I knew talked about it. So They're like, oh, this is a thing that exists. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, it's crazy. and uh, so the so the 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 young lady that started that program, that women in business program, she did it on like when I say on her own, like she had the idea, went to Vanderbilt, pitched it, got the funding, did the whole. She's amazing, um, and she has this this wonderful uh, new venture called Aspire to Her, hmm. and it's all about connecting uh, young you know young women with mentors with you know female professionals that can kind of help give this helping hand and um i was doing a a coaching call with her and her partner the other uh, a couple months ago but you know it's funny what you said it it reminded me rob you said you know they're kind of scared to talk to adults and i don't think that these two young ladies are scared to talk to adults by any means but it was interesting because they said you know we've kind of done everything we can think of to do from a marketing perspective for our new brand, this Aspire to Her brand, it's like a blog. And, you know, we really want to grow the audience. And do you have any ideas? And so I said, yeah, you know, just go find, you know, really great people. Like uh, I gave them an example, like Cheryl Sandberg, you know, who wrote Lean In. I'm like, you know, just hit her up and see if she'll let you do a feature. And they're like, (gasps) and there's just like silence. And I'm just like, are you guys still with me? And they're like, oh, we couldn't, I mean, we couldn't do that. And it wasn't, there wasn't anything wrong. Like they are smart, beautiful, just confident young women. But like there seems to be, and it's not just them. It's really a lot of these younger people I talk to. They seem to think that there's like this unwritten rule that they are still children and that adults are like separate from them and that they shouldn't like talk to them on the same level as other adults. And they literally were like, oh, you mean you can just ask for that? And I'm like, you can. And they got so lit up by the prospect of just being able to like 
go have conversations with other adults that were in successful positions because like I think we idolize sometimes, which right. is good. I mean, you should have people you look up to, but I think a lot of times when I'm I'm talking, especially with the younger generation, that fear is there. They're like, Oh, you're an adult. I shouldn't bother you. I shouldn't, you know, and it's like, well, no, I, I've countless examples of, of uh, people that are still in school telling me, oh, yeah, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't want to reach out to that person and bother them. And I'm like, but you told me they offered to help you. Yeah, but they're so busy. I don't want to. It's fine. I'm like, no, please do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and especially if they're offering, you know. Yeah, I think uh, uh, people. Pre- I think people pretend like they don't want to bother them, but it's also it's it's, it's fear, right? They're afraid of reaching out to them. Right. It's it's, a, it's scary to do that at first, but you're totally right. Once you start doing it, you realize, wow, people actually want to help me a lot more than I realize. I, I, I want yeah. people. I, I want to get all this help from these people that I really idolize, and they're there. Sometimes harder to get a hold of than others, but people are there to lend advice, and I think that. Especially, the world we live in now is different, right? Because back in the day, like you, if somebody was on TV or like in movies or something like that, they were really hard to contact because you don't know how. How would you get a hold of somebody oh, yeah. in Hollywood? It'd be very difficult to do. But now the walls, the layers, have been broken <laughs> down so much more, and you can tell the people are just people, and they're easy to reach. So if you can do that faster than a younger age, Instagram message, yeah, yeah. And I've I've talked to a lot of people just by doing that, by messaging them on Instagram or LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great platform, by the way, because yeah, they know it's business. It's in the business mindset, and also they don't get as many messages on that platform, and they're they're more likely to to reach out and connect with you if you hit them up yeah. on that platform. And boy, you know, I love that you're talking about this right now because it is really important to understand that whenever you're young, uh, to be doing these things more and more often, and to get the help you need, and to to not try to figure it out all by yourself. Oh yeah. It's scary to try to figure it all by yourself and you're going to fail well, so much more. Well, and not, yeah, not only is it going to take you longer, but I mean, there's two, I mean, this morning I was having, I mean, I'm okay. So I, <laughs> I'm a pretty open book. So yeah. I'm 34. I've had a marketing company that I own for five years. It's doing very well. We're growing. It's great. Mm-hmm. But like financial, like financial stuff, finances in general is not my strong suit. Like I'm one of those people, people. <laughs> so I had, I mean, I had a meeting this morning and I am what, you know, a younger generation would go, oh, yeah, you're a successful business person. But I-, I mean, I was meeting with a financial advisor. I'm still trying to find somebody where I'm going, yeah, like this is somebody who can help advise me in something that I'm not super experienced or knowledgeable about. Mm-hmm. And so like, I mean, he's explaining some things to me that I'm sure in his industry are just basics. But, you know, from my perspective, it's, it's, I mean, it's all new. Yeah. So I mean, seeking out that information, barest, like I just sit down and go, yeah, I don't know that at all. Like I need you to explain this to me in a way that I can understand. And he was happy to do that. <laughs> um, you know, if you, if you have fear around asking, I will say this, so, Rob, do you get um, what you said about like you're, you're reaching out and asking people for things. How do you approach that conversation with them? I usually approach it from a place of, Number one, respect. So showing them respect, uh, you know, just um, kind of commending them on what they've done. The reason why I'm reaching out to them, I've, I've, if you're reaching out to somebody, you've either studied them, you know, learned something from them online, read a book from them, something like that, that you have a yeah. reason why you're reaching out to them. So I usually, you know, give them a little bit of flattery, I'm not saying it's not, it's not legitimate flattery. It's, <laughs> it's, it's for real. Uh, but that always helps. And then also, I usually try to figure out how am I also 
able to benefit them? And that might not happen right away whenever I'm asking them the question. Right. Of help, but like, what do I do that could really help you also? So for an example, like a podcast, right? So if I talk to somebody and they give me some great advice and I'm like, hey, I also have this podcast platform. I'd love to have you come on and, and we can talk about what you do and help to promote what you do also. And people really they, they always take advantage of that. At least most of the time take advantage of that. So I always say that the, yeah. to, when I talk to kids, because I mentor college students as well, and uh, I say you've got to start something. You've got to start a vlog or a podcast or something like that. Number one, yeah. to learn to learn these these communication skills that a lot of kids are lacking now, but also it's like an open book to contact people and offer them something. If you call somebody and you just want to yep. have a, a phone conversation with them, they might be like, what am I doing this for? But if you contact them right. and say, I'm going to put you on this podcast and you're on my platform and I get this many downloads or whatever, they're much more likely to jump in and share information with you because they know they're reaching more people. So I feel like that's yeah. that's a huge thing that has just been around for a couple of years that can really help people, really help kids get yeah. ahead faster. So you have like respect slash you know appreciation for what they're doing as a component yeah. offering something back as a component one of the things that i've found is that um like you were saying like oh you know people are busy and you don't want to buy one of the other components that i found seems to be successful um is asking for something really specific yes so one of the challenges when people are busy is that even if they want to help you if they can't do it quickly or specifically, they're not going, like, it's one thing to get help from someone. It's another person, it's another thing to ask the person to then come up with what to give you. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like when you're shopping for someone and they say, I want a pair of white socks. Okay, you're going to go into the store, you're going to get white socks, and you're going to give it to them. And they're like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter, just surprise me. Well, now I have to do all this extra work to figure out right. what you want, and I got to put thought behind it. And so... Um, I volunteer with, I'm on the, uh, the board of a nonprofit here. And when, when I first started, one of the challenges we had was that the staff at the time was almost too respectful. So they knew that there were people that wanted to volunteer that were successful and busy and they would go, yeah, just any help that you could give us would be amazing. And I'd go, okay, well, what do you want help with? Like specifically, what can I do to help you? Because I want to help but I'm also busy. How can I help? And they'd go, Oh gosh, just anything you could do would be amazing. That's the worst. And so what happened was nothing, <laughs> nothing ever got done because there was no like list of things. So like, I think, um, you know, to your point, you come at it from a state of reverence and appreciation, you know, you put out there a, this is what I could give back to you or how I might be able to help. But another point might be pick something really specific, have one question they could answer one introduction they could make like what don't just go you're so amazing i'd like to you know just give me all of your knowledge yeah. or if there's anything you think that could help me like that's just a huge ask where it seems like you're doing the other person a favor but by giving them something really specific to just sort of check off the list they get to help you and feel good and then you also get you know something from them that'll help move you forward too that's a really good piece of advice, and that is that's one hundred percent true. And something that I uh, usually do is I rehearse it in my head beforehand a bunch of times. <laughs> when it, when it's coming yeah. up in that situation where you know you have to ask this person, you're only going to have a small amount of time to do it, and you're really hoping to get the response you want. Like if you have a specific thing, rehearse it. Like go through it in your right. head and like say it to yourself a bunch of times, not imagining what they're going to reply with because you have no idea. But just rehearse saying it that way. When you get in the moment, you're not like just out of the blue. Like you got to think about these things beforehand. You must plan a little yeah. bit. 
before you go and, and make well, that move. At least yeah, I do. Yeah, it shows respect for the other person's time if you come in with a plan and, yeah. I think a lot of people like fly by the seat of their pants, right? And, and, and that's good sometimes, um, but, and I'm not much of a planner myself, but I know in certain situations when <laughs> things are going to be uh, an important situation, I need to like prepare myself for that. And I think a lot of people, even thinking about planning for it gives them anxiety. Thinking about re- reciting it or practicing yeah. that moment gives them anxiety. And it's like, well, you're just, you're delaying the inevitable. Eventually you're going to be in that situation. You're probably going to have anxiety. Oh, yeah. If you practice it, you're going to be much more ready for it. So, right. Oh, the anxiety, Rob. Well, and I don't know. So the, the, the volunteer position I just mentioned to you, I'm on the board of, it's Mental Health America of the Mid-South. Hmm. So I'm a huge advocate for mental health because I, I struggle with anxiety and panic attacks and depression and things like that. And I'm a huge, huge advocate for understanding the role that that plays in our life and especially in our business. Because I think in business, it's, you know, don't cry, move past it, be tough, whatever. And like that just causes more problems. And so the anxiety part around it, uh, one of the one of the games that I I play, it's not really a game. It's not a fun game. Let's be honest. Um, one of the coping mechanisms, let's call it, uh, that I use is, is kind of like, what's the worst? Yeah. What's so the worst I don't know if you've happen? heard that game before. Yeah. So it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? So, um, this is the, again, I don't, I don't think game is right, but coping mechanisms, it sounds like it's way worse than it is. <laughs> so the exercise, let's go with exercise. So the exercise that we played when I was on the phone with the, uh, the young ladies with aspire to her was the, what's the worst that could happen? Cause they were like, you can't just DM Cheryl Sandberg and be like, Hey, will you be on our blog? And I was like, and they started to get anxious about it and fearful about it. And I said, well, let's play this fun game. It's called what's the worst, like what's the worst absolute worst thing you can imagine happening if you dm her and ask her to be on your blog or to do something for your and it's like well the worst thing that could happen is like she gets so bad at you for even asking and that's just how dare you that she like i don't know like tries to sue you or like you know goes on her own blog and says this blog is a terrible piece of crap that asked me to do like and you know just blows your reputation up and they're laughing at this point right i see you laughing rob yeah. like they're laughing right because that's never going to happen like she doesn't like she doesn't care enough about it to spend all that time to be i was like so the worst thing that is reasonably going to happen is that she says no thank you or that she doesn't reply at all right yeah and they're like, yeah. And I said, so then are you any worse off than you are now? No. <laughs> and then that's that. Like, that's literally the end of that that effort. So, like, when you're trying to balance, you know, that fear and that anxiety, um, like I said, it's, a, it's an exercise that I do a lot. Just, you know, why am I feeling anxious about this? Why am I fearful of this? And if I do it, what is the stupidest, craziest, worst thing that could happen? Well, that's never going to happen. So what's the reasonable thing, which then trains your brain to back down a little bit and you go, okay, reasonably, if that happened, how worse off am I? And a lot of times it's just, you're not, but you have to kind of go through the mentality or like the practice before you get there, because we just react out of fear to things that we don't know as instinctually, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And on the other side of that, what is the worst 
that could happen if I don't ask this question. You're going to live with so much regret. Oh, yeah. Like the amount of regret you're going to live with and like anxiety. Like you're going to live with this. Uh, it's like anxiety on the other end. It's like I could have asked them, but I didn't. And that'll compile. Yeah. And you'll think about that every single day. Why well, I could have done this thing, but I didn't do it. And you'll live with that for, for yeah. months or weeks or years or you know whatever it might be. So yeah. I think it's super important to if you feel like you need to do something just muster up the, the courage. Ask yourself that question, right. what's the worst? And then go do it. Just give it a shot. And like you said, if, yep. they, if they don't answer, well, fine. Then you could ask them again or you could just forget about it forever, but at least you, you yeah. threw it out there. So you're, this is really interesting. And I love the word we, you kind of put us on this path here for a second because uh, I, I see you as somebody who has a lot of confidence, very good public speaker, really uh, you're, Thank you. you're outspoken and you seem to know who you are. You know, you, uh, Thank you. Outspoken for for those people listening. Outspoken is an understatement. Rob is trying to be very polite <laughs> about the the amount of directness and boldness that I have. And that yes, thank you for toning it down. Rob. What would be what would be the right word? Which word? What, what word would you choose to go with? I don't know. Um, I like. Uh, you know, because I don't like the word bossy because I think it has a negative connotation, and mm-hmm. I don't boss people around. Now, I wouldn't like, say you're bossy. Um, I think forceful or I, I like I things like direct. I think outspoken is a good one. But yeah, yeah there's a I, we could pull up a thesaurus and dig into this deeper, but it would probably not be the best course of, of conversation. Yeah, I would say direct. I think that's a good one. Um, yeah. And that's that's something whenever I first met you, I'm like, wow, because I, I, I want to be more like that. Like you something happens to you. You're Thank thinking you. something you want to just get it out there to everybody. Now, I've asked you about this person to person, like not recording this podcast. And you said it's kind of just yeah. how, how you are. Um, but how yeah. how could somebody who's not like you be more like you? Like where if they have something in their head, if they need to get something, if they, you know, a lot of people have things on their chest, they want to get off and they never do. They'll hold on to it forever. So how do you yeah. get yourself like what's your mindset like when you do what you do so well. <laughs> Thank you for that compliment. And okay, so um, this is sort of the, okay, I'm gonna, uh, people can't see my face, so just know that there's a lot of deep thinking and a lot of wheels turning going on here. Okay, so one of the things that I wish, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie this to the front of the conversation. One of the reasons that I am comfortable being so outspoken or direct is because and I can't remember if you and I talked about this specifically, but um, earlier in my life and career, I was um, I was bold and direct, but I didn't um, I didn't know how to wield that power for lack of a better. I was just kind of a bitch because I didn't understand how people perceive communication and information. Mm. So up until the point that I was about twenty seven or twenty eight, I thought that everybody. I just didn't know. No one had ever taught me, right? It's one of the things I wish I had known earlier. It didn't ever occur to me that people were programmed differently and that the way that I was presenting information, they didn't receive it the way I intended it to be received. So um, I had, a, uh, I had a, a boss at the time that made us do disc testing. And I'm sure you've heard of all the different ones. So Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and the Strength Finder and all those things. Yeah. But the one I did was the disc. And I took it and it was absolutely life-changing for me. So since I was about 27, 28, whenever it was that I took that, that test and it told me point blank, people don't like you because you are like, 
just a shit like a bulldozer and you leave this huge wake behind you. Everybody else perceives information different. You're like a bull in a china shop. Like it gave you all those fun metaphors. Yeah. Um, once I realized that and I, I realized that my words didn't have the intended meaning or, or weren't being received the way I wanted, I, it was it was very hard. Like I literally like broke down crying in my office for 40 minutes because I don't want to hurt people. Um, so now what I've done is since then, I have done a lot of self-study in uh, communication styles. And so what I found is like the people when you're saying, oh, you know, people that aren't like me that want to be like me. I don't think that there's a right or the a wrong. Like just because you're not outspoken doesn't mean that it's wrong. I mean, we have team members that don't want to hold a conversation with me for more than 30 seconds and they're phenomenal. And like every good team needs different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Cause if there was just a team of me, we wouldn't be very, very far. I'll tell you that. <laughs> like we would, I would not have, you know, the, the, the success and growth that I've had cause you have to have different personalities but one of the things that has made me feel better about being outspoken and being direct is studying communication styles and being able to, knowing those styles, being able to read people. So usually within the first couple of minutes of talking to someone, I have a basic idea of what kind of disc profile they are. And that's come from years of training and practice and it's not, I mean, it's not super easy. I mean, but if you're having a challenge with somebody that you are, um, you know, you want to talk to, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's your spouse or a friend, um, you know, see if you can figure that out. I mean, it, and it's funny. I've actually, <laughs> we've done it before where I've been like, oh, hey, Fred, look at this cool test I just found. Like for my business, like they have to take it during the interview process. Um, but like, you know, with friends, I'm like, Hey, why don't you take this fun test and find out what kind of virus brings you are. <laughs> and then I know, and then I know, I know yeah. how to communicate with them better. So like, you know, with public speaking and with meeting people and, and being more outspoken, what you experience now, Rob, is actually a toned down version of who I actually am. Mm. So I would normally just walk in and be like, blah, blah, a bossy. I would just be a bossy. <laughs> but I've learned, okay, here's how I can get my message across. If this is the result I want, I can look at how that person is best going to receive the information and tailor the, the, um, you know, the message and the approach. Yeah. And it takes more time. I don't know that people want to give that amount of time, but the better you get at it, I mean, again, the, I mean, the better you can communicate in all aspects of your life. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest parts here, going back to talking about whether it's business or professional, when you're able to talk about and say things that are on the inside that you're holding in, when you can get those things out, it's always for the better. Maybe not in the moment. It might be bad uh, because it's something that somebody doesn't want to hear, but you have to get that stuff out instead of letting it boil up and over. And I think a lot of people have uh, your personalities, uh, much like my wife's personality, same way. She'll say what she feels and she kind of leaves it all on the table. She'll just throw it out there. And for me, that was always yeah. like a, it was always a thing that I, I I liked, but also was something that made us combative because I would hold stuff in. And the more I learned to just oh, let stuff yeah. out and like let my emotions out and like whatever I'm thinking or feeling, I need to like get that out in the, in the nicest way possible, uh, the better off the situation always is. So I think people can really learn from somebody who's uh, on, on your end of the spectrum. You have to tone it back, but a lot of people have to tone it up. And toning it up can be really yeah. difficult. Toning it back, at least you're already there. 
you just got to back it up a little yeah. bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the notches all the way up on the intensity level. So interestingly, like what you're mentioning about the relationship there, Rob. So like my sister, for example, my sister's in high school and she, you know, is dealing with all the standard high school problems. Uh, she's graduating in May and she is not like, she has a very, um, like very distinctive personality. It's one of the things I love about her is she is so distinctively herself. Mm. Um, and she makes me proud of that every day. Like I just look at her and I'm like, how are you this amazing at 17? Like I was a train wreck. Um, same here, but she has the same kind of problems, you know, as any high school person, you know, problems with teachers, problems with friends, problems with, you know, parents, all that kind of stuff from college. And, and so, um, she'll call me for advice sometimes, you know, and I just, I mean, we talk anyway, but she'll be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And so one of the, um, pieces of advice that I got from a therapist and that I shared with her and I do with others is, um, have you ever tried letter writing as like a, as like a, like a, not a conflict resolution, but like you're talking about getting all that stuff out. Have you ever tried like to do letter writing? Oh, you're asking me? Yes, I have. I've done letter writing. Yeah, for sure. Journaling. And it, it helps just to get those things yeah. out onto paper and putting them down. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And that's where I think like, cause with her, she's not as, I mean, she's 17. She's not as quick on her feet with like a response in real time. Yeah. So like if I can, so, so what I suggested is I was like, well, I can't even remember what the, you know, the issue was she was having, but it was look, write that person a letter. And she, that's, she heard that and she flipped out. She was like, oh, my God, no, like I could never write all of that in a letter. And like, well, how are they going to react when they get it? And it's going to be crazy. And I said, no, 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 no. I didn't say anything about giving them or sending them the letter. I just said, write the letter. Yeah. And she was like, oh, and then it was like, yeah. So like in a letter, you know, you can be just you can just say all of the crap that you want to say with no ramification as to how that person is going to react, the consequences of telling them that you can get it all out. And then like, if that feels therapeutic to you, then that's great. And you can stop and decide if you want to address certain bullet points or leave it. For me, I mean, I'm a little bit type A. So I usually have multiple versions of a letter. I'll write the first version, which is like, and then I'll go back and be like, okay, maybe I could tone that down. (laughs) But by the time you were talking earlier about sort of like mentally prepping yourself for like reaching out to people, to me, that's what the letter is as well. Like if you need the confidence to walk up to somebody or go sit down with them and say, Hey, these are things that I need to get off my chest and I need to share with you in a personal or a professional way, whatever that, you know, situation is writing the letter beforehand allows you to frame your thoughts better and like tailor that approach and that communication and just prep yourself before you walk in. Cause like, I mean, yeah, doing it right in the moment, you're usually just going to speak from a place of emotion yeah. and you're going to regret it afterwards. Yeah. Or you're going to re- regret it because you said the wrong thing or you didn't say enough or you didn't, yeah, there's always going to be something yeah. that wasn't quite right. So the practice makes perfect. I mean, that, that old statement goes uh, for that situation perfectly. And I, yeah, yeah, that's 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 really good advice. That's I mean, that's excellent for somebody who Thanks. listening to this. They could really benefit from that. And somebody might be listening to this and wondering, like, I thought this conversation was going to be about marketing. You guys aren't even talking about marketing. <laughs> all of this plays into marketing and it, does. it all ties right into it. And whether you are marketing yourself or selling yourself, right, because you were, we're always mm-hmm. sort of selling ourselves to other people. And not saying that you're always trying to win somebody over or whatever the situation is, but learning how to be more authentically you and more authentically the person Mm -hmm. on the inside 
being able to be authentic as that person on the outside, as long as that person is a good person, is a wonderful <laughs> skill to have. And you can apply that right over to any marketing tactics that you might have, like being more authentic, being more transparent helps tremendously. Uh -huh. Where would you put yourself as far as uh, your, your company, Piccolo Marketing? How do you look at that whenever you're working with clients, whenever you're helping them grow their brand or whatever it might be? Uh, what are your, I guess, I, I don't want to know how you list them, like as a the top three things that you should be as a marketer or something like that, but some of your approaches that you take generally around what we're talking about here today. Yeah, around like authenticity and just being real. So like yeah, what you said is true. Like everything that we've just talked about can be applied to you if you have a marketing company or if you have any company. I mean, it what you were saying about, you know, personal brand or, or you know, selling yourself. I mean, that's people buy the salesperson first. Yeah. Period. Like that's it's a, it's a proven sales statistic. They buy the salesperson first, which means you're always selling yourself. So the better you can get at communicating with people, reading them, giving them what they need. It doesn't mean that you're trying to swindle them. I mean, one of the challenges that I had when I first started learning about all this is that I didn't want people to think that I was trying to manipulate or to swindle or hoodwink people. It's like, no, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like if I have something that can help you and I genuinely believe that, I, you know, we do marketing for small business owners and that is hard. A lot of small business owners, especially like mom and pops, they don't understand Google analytics reports. So like, I know that I can help their business, but if I just come in with a whole bunch of numbers, they're not going to understand it. I'm not speaking their language. I can't help them because they're not going to get past that. So like the better I can be at communication, the better I can help them by bringing them something that they wouldn't have been able to, you know, to do or understand on their own. So I do think that now when we approach with clients, I mean, the first thing that we're talking about during our launch meetings is really target audience. So it's not, and this is a hard thing. Like if you, if you go on your website or if you're looking at your collateral or your, you know, whatever it is, if you walk into a, a coffee meeting and you know, and it's, it's sales, and that all you're doing is listing off, well, we do this and we do that and we sell X and we sell Y and we can get you Z. And we also have got this thing over here on the side, like respectfully, just nobody cares. They just don't. People are, unfortunately, people are inherently selfish mm. and they want to know, they want to know what you have to offer, but only in the, in the, the filter, um, or like in the guy of like how it benefits them. Yeah. And so when we sit down either for our own company, for the clients that we help, you know, even again, when I'm talking to my staff, the reason we make them take discs on the way in is because before I have a conversation with a staff member, I go, Ooh, you know what? This person is a high S. And I mean, we, we've got one on our team that like, ru like runs the show. And it's funny. I will call him and go like the, uh, the, the 10X conference we all went to, he came with us, but I called him two months ahead of time and said, this is an invitation. I know this isn't really your jam, but if you'd like to come, you're welcome to, and I'm going to give you some time to think about it. <laughs> and he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, because I know that you need time to process. So like you have to start in marketing or in communication with who your audience is. You know, what does that person look like and how do they best receive information? What is their pain point and how are you solving it? Not what 17 products do you sell? Mm -hmm. No. It's what is the pain point they have and how can you and your product or service help alleviate that pain point? 
And then, you know, you get into communicating it in a way that they can hear and understand. Yeah. And when you go in, and this is when it comes to social media, which is what I deal with uh, every day, it always yep. comes down to people are companies are putting out, they're just selling stuff on their social media platforms. It's just like, hey, we uh-huh. have this sale, we have this deal, blah, blah, blah. It's, and it never, it, I mean, it might work sometimes, but it barely ever works. You need to build that relationship yeah. just like in real life. You wouldn't just ask somebody to be your best friend the first second you meet them. And if you did, you'd scare that person away. They'd think you were a psychopath. So like you, you actually can do that in your in your childhood. So it's, in, <laughs> in childhood, you can just walk up to somebody and be like, hey, do you want to be my friend? And they're like, yes. And that's totally normal. And if you do that as an adult, you will be like ostracized from the bar. Like it's not yeah. a good look. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the age is where that crosses over, but we used to be able to do that. But it, even when you were able to do that back then, I still feel like uh, eventually you'd figure it out as a kid. I, can, I mean, I had some friends who I thought were like my best friends, and it turns out I couldn't stand them. They just wanted to be my friend, and I said oh. yes. So, <laughs> I mean, it turns out I couldn't stand them. Would you yeah. know what I mean? Because like, it, it, well, my personality type is like passive aggressive. So like, they would say, "Hey, I want to." be your friend i'm like okay even though i had no interest but i would say okay not to hurt their feelings like a peacemaker yeah that is the downside of uh childhood friendships because if they walk up if somebody walks up and says do you want to be my friend the answer kind of has to be yes (laughs) like there's really like you're too young to be like no i don't want to play with you (laughs) right yes exactly so i i i think you know, I love your your marketing strategy and the way you do things. I can't imagine. I've never been in a meeting with you, but I imagine you're very engaging. And obviously, you've taken these personality Thank tests. You. So you know how to read people. And I think that's one of the most important things that people out there listening have not taken a DISC test, the Myers-Briggs test, uh, the Dark Triad test, uh, Hexaco. you got to mm-hmm. take those and you got to figure out who you are. It'll help you tremendously, and that's a huge. I have, oh, yeah. I have a couple of older podcasts actually just on that subject because it mm-hmm. helped me so much too. It helped me to realize who I am because you think that you're somebody that you're actually not most of the time, and you, you, we all, we all lie to ourselves. Cognitive, dis- yeah. I think it's uh, cognitive dissidence is what it is. Like we, we, you, we yep. make these stories up for ourselves, and that's just an incredible thing that can really help you move forward. Um, at the end here, I just want to kind of figure out when it comes to your passion, your drive for what you do, because you're very driven and you seem to have, uh, you, I, I'm sure you do have an off switch, but I don't ever see it whenever I talk to you. So where does your passion come from? Where does your drive come from? That's something else I think a lot of people could benefit from. You seem to always be going and always be uh, thinking. So how does that, where does that come from and, and how do you harness it whenever you lose it? Yeah. So, um, in the, in the spirit of full disclosure and again, of mental health advocacy, I will tell you, I do have an off switch. Um, I don't think I use it as much as a lot of people, but it is there. And so, um, the, I can't tell you where the energy comes from. I'm not going to be one of those, you know, people that's like, Oh, I'm just like naturally, but like I, my drive and my passion is really around, um, it's around teaching. And it's about, it's around connecting people to the resources and the training and the, you know, the other people and connections that they need to fulfill their biggest potential and be happy. So in in our company, you know, every company has values and our number one company value is the word happiness, period. That's it. Like that's the company value. And so, you know, my, my business hasn't grown as fast as a lot of other marketing companies, but Um, you know, in terms of numbers, like we could be putting up numbers two, three, four times as big, 
um, in the because Na- I'm in Nashville. I mean, our market is growing, but to me, uh, the thing that's more important than money is is that happiness. It's making sure, kind of like the Southwest Airlines model, that the people that work for you uh, that come in, you know, that we all really want to be there, that we're happy to be doing what we're doing, that we believe in what we're doing. And I think a lot of people, um, there's a guy in our group, uh, you know, Mike, right? Mike C. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a guy in our in our mastermind group, and you know, he just recently. Uh, I saw on his, his channel, he just recently like went full time into his marketing agency and his podcasting and all that. But when he had first started, he had a full time job that he, you know, was trying to get, you know, trying to find what made him light up. And I think that's where a lot of people are as they look at it and they go, gosh, that person just has so much energy. And I wish I had so much energy or I wish I, and, uh, there's this really beautiful quote that you can't heal in the same place that you were broken or hurt. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people are in really bad jobs that they don't like. They're in relationships that they shouldn't be in. You know, they're in a bad life situation and they're looking at the grass on the other side of the fence and going, boy, you know, if all things are the same, like, why is that person like me? Like you just said, you, you know, seem to be going and driven and have all this energy and, that is true, but I didn't always have that. Like I used to be in a different life situation where I was fighting every day just to stay sane. So I think it really is about finding the thing that lights you up and, you know, not being embarrassed about what that is or afraid of what it is. It is going to take work and dedication though, to seek that out and make that your full-time focus. For me, ironically, marketing is not my life's passion. I'm not like, oh my God, I can't wait to get up every day and tweet. Like that's <laughs> that's not what's happening. Yeah. But through my marketing company, I'm able to help connect people to the resources and to their happiness, you know, that's going to help them reach their highest potential, achieve their happiness. And I get to teach and that's what lights me up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think when you find that, it's unfortunate that we don't all, that's not what we're taught. What we're taught in school is go find some job that's going to pay you a lot and work the corporate ladder up and up and up until you're 65 and you retire. And then, you know, you, whatever, you're angry because your whole life sucked and then you die. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it really is more about, uh, you know, it's about finding the thing that lights you up now and really angling for that and focusing on it because that's where the energy and the enthusiasm comes from. 100%. That's so true. And if you don't have the energy you're never going to be able to be successful. You're never going to be able to move forward. You're never going to be able to create and do what you want to do. So let me just ask you this. You talked about depression and getting past that. Uh, That's something that, especially when you start your own business and you dive off, jump off the deep end. uh, And this can be for anybody who is not, it doesn't have their own business. It's just kind of struggling in general or somebody who does have their own business and is struggling to get rolling and, and to find a good pace with things. How do how did you get past that? What did you do to get yourself over that hump? Uh, because when you start a business and things aren't working out, you tend to get depressed, you tend to self-loathe, and then you think the worst and the world's falling apart, especially depending on how much money you have at that situa- in that situation. How did yeah. you get yourself through those phases? I mean, I'm sure there's not one thing, but if you could give like just a, a synopsis <laughs> of what got you past it. Yes, there's a super magic pill you take, Rob. It's super oh, easy. Um, Valium? No, it's, uh... Is it called Valium? <laughs> no, there's none of that. Um, so it is lots of things. Um, I Okay, so th- to give some context around this, 
uh, I was managing a uh, private city club. Uh, so it was in the, in the private club industry. Uh, I was 28, uh, had been suffering anxiety and panic attacks for many years. And I think, you know, I mentioned it just, you can't, when you're in that environment where everything is broken and everything is hurting you, you can't heal in that same environment. So uh, there's something to be said about, yeah, you can talk to your boss and try to get, you know, a raise or a promotion or, you know, be treated better. But like all in all, like if something broke your spirit, you're not going to just be like blissfully happy with it a little bit later. So um, I ended up deciding that I needed to leave that organization. Uh, And this is how, there, uh, there's a whole hodgepodge of things that I did, but, um, it included talk therapy. So I went and got a therapist and I did a lot of, I think the first three sessions were just me crying on that person's couch. Uh, so <laughs> it was really like 50 minutes of me just bawling my eyes out and them going, what? Um, uh, cause I couldn't make a coherent sentence. So, um, there was that. Uh, but talk therapy really helped me. I went for, I'd say probably two or three months consistently and then, uh, you know, just, just able to get all of that out, kind of like we were talking about the letter, where it's everything can just be said with no consequences and no judgment is very helpful. Uh, I also did, uh, I do yoga on a regular basis. I meditate almost daily, uh, depending on my schedule. I also do, uh, I have an oil infuser in my house, like one of those that like puts out the little oil mist. Uh, and that's actually just so that it's a weird thing. I've trained myself that when I smell the oil consciously, I will stop and take a breath and like just kind of uh, have a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have a Fitbit that has the reminder to get up and move around every hour. And that's a reminder to me to not get too mentally deep into what I'm doing that I drive myself crazy. Um, all those things. Um not to be too, you know, personal, not to be TMI, but um, I came off of birth control at that time because that was a hormonal imbalance that I was experiencing that was lending itself to my mental health. So um, reminder, mental health is not a mindset that you have to overcome. Uh, Mental health can oftentimes be a physical problem. So it's not like someone with a heart defect or diabetes. We would be like, if you just thought hard enough about it, you could get over that. It doesn't work like that. So like in a lot of situations, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, if you're having panic attacks, it it could be because like, like chemistry wise, your brain isn't getting, um, you know, what it needs in order to be happy. And it's, it's on the fritz, so to speak. So it's just like having any other medical condition. So, uh, to me coming off of birth control helped because it helped, uh, with the balance of my hormones. Um, so yeah, there were a whole lot of things that I did, but I think that journey for me to come out of the deepest, darkest, hardest part of my life and career, uh, that depression, and then to kind of get back on the upswing of things, it was about a 10 or 12 month cycle. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if that, I mean, again, I have no idea how that compares to other people, but this was not an overnight fix. It wasn't like I had a crappy job and I quit it. And the next day I was blissfully met. Like it wasn't like that. Um, I had to make some really tough decisions. So for example, I left that job, um, and took a job at a startup where I would make half 50% of what I was making at my, my crappy job. But I made that choice consciously because one, I had saved up enough money to feel comfortable doing that. And two, 
to me, my, my well being was more valuable than that, than the dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I also knew that it would be a temporary life situation, meaning it's not like I was going to make 50% of that for the rest of my life. Like that was just the place that I needed to start from to kind of build on a new career path or a new ladder, so to speak. Um, I was only there for six months and I got laid off two days before Christmas in a Panera uh, while old people watched like it was dinner theater and like ate sandwiches. (laughs) So yeah, it was super amazing. And um, (laughs) you know, uh, so there was that. So like, even after I was like, and eh, this job is like the job I took in the middle, like that wasn't the best job for me, but like then to have that blow and nobody's hiring right around Christmas and new Year's, So like there were going to be two or three weeks by myself unemployed, like, Hey, you got laid out. Like this isn't a thing. Like, and that's a hard place to be mentally mm-hmm. where you know that you can bring value. You know that you're a, you know, a, an A player, but you were at the height of your career. And then it was like, why have I, like, how have I fallen so far so quickly? Um, and then eventually, I mean, I did a couple of, of uh, contractor gigs for other marketing companies before I said, you know what, if I'm going to bet anything, I'm going to put my money on myself because of all the jobs I was looking at on LinkedIn and, you know, indeed or whatever, all of them made my stomach turn because I went, you know, if there's one thing that I know is that my gut is right. And every time that I had made mistakes in my career, it was because my gut told me one thing and then my boss or somebody else told me that it should be this way. And so the difference between what I knew to be true in my gut and what I was told should be the way it was, was just to, and I would do it their way and it would always mess up. It would always go wrong. It would get me in a bad position. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start trusting my gut because it knows better than anybody else. There's a reason that you have those feelings. And my gut tells me that the only thing I could put 110% of my energy and dedication and, you know, and passion towards is myself. And so marketing was the thing that I saw an opportunity for to, you know, to do, but like it took all of that. It took, um, it took the big leap. It took uh, motivation by a mentor to help me figure out what I was passionate about. It took those lifestyle changes. It took another failure. And then it finally took me being at what I would consider to be in my life, my rock bottom, where I went, I have three weeks of savings left, but I'm on unemployment. And the only thing that I can do is like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to get out of this, I have to be honest with myself. What is my best chance of getting out of this? And for me, it was just betting on myself and going, I'm going to do this for me. And I did. And that's wonderful. Um, but it's not, again, it's not a magic pill. Mm-hmm. There's no, Hey, just come right back out of this. So, yeah. Great. That was, that was an excellent explanation. And I think a really good story that people can connect with. And I think uh, along with that, cause I, I, I'm still, you know, I struggled with depression for a while as well. And I think that when -hmm. you're coming out of it, what happens is you'll have spurts of happiness. You'll have spurts of like, oh, this is what it's going to be like. And then that'll go away. And you'll have another spurt of like, oh, this is what it's going to be like. And that'll go away again. And that can really discourage a lot of people. That's when you can fall even deeper because you're like, oh, wow, I thought I had it. And now I've I've fallen backwards to this place. You just got to keep yeah. doing that until you have that eventual breakthrough. It's not maybe for some people. For some people, it might be like night and day. Boom! One day I'm depressed. The next day I'm good. And some people might have that happen 
that's awesome if that does happen to you. But I think for most people, it's a yeah. very long progression. And for me, you said it was 10 to 12 months for you. For me, it's been, you know, several years of like transitioning from a job yeah. that I knew didn't appreciate me, but I knew I loved what I did and transitioning to where I'm at now where I can kind of control my destiny. And that's been uh, yeah. all in all for, from thinking about leaving to where I am now. It's been about four years of making this transition wow. and it's been wonderful. But at the same time, there's pieces of the puzzle that didn't match up. And if I would have if I instead of looking at it like, OK, this part's going really well, but this part's kind of messed up. And I still need to work on this. If I were to look at it in the opposite way of being like, oh, wow, it's it's not getting better. It's just getting worse. And I only see these little glimmers of hope. Then I would have just given up altogether and not moved forward. I think a lot of people do that. A lot of people stop right before they're about to have some sort of breakthrough. And you've, yeah. got, to, you've got to just keep going forward and it's going to happen. So I think that that's uh, really important for a lot of people to hear, especially yeah. if you're going to venture out on your own. If you're going to try it on your yeah. own, you've got to like, you've got to, you need mentors and you need, oh, yeah. you need personal development. I think if you're going to have your own business, you have to dive into personal development and become a better person. I don't know how yeah. else, I don't know how else you can, you have to fix the things that are wrong with your brain. If you're going to work by yourself, yeah. if you're going to work on your own. It's a huge, huge piece yeah. of the puzzle. Well, and uh, Go ahead. A lot of the, have you read that book habit, Rob? I forget the subtitle, but it's called Habit. No, I don't think so. So it's an interesting one. So one of the things that, and, and again, you're talking about, you know, growth and all that kind of stuff. So one of the things that I think is really interesting is, um, again, I, I like things like, you know, studying psychology and the brain and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, our brains are conditioned and trained over time to get into these like routines. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, there's a, there's something that happens that triggers it. And then, you know, there's a, um, it's a really interesting, it, it, he said, it's like you put a tape in and you hit play and then it, you know, so it's click and then whoosh and then it, it plays the tape. And so, um, it's really interesting to me, the concept of, uh, retraining neuro pathways within, within your head. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is like, you know, you, you've got these there, but so, something happens and we've been trained over time to react a certain way. And there's a neural pathway in your brain that's been programmed through habit and through consistency of action or activity or whatever to, to do that over and over. And so a lot of, you know, what you were saying, you just got to keep at it every day and you can't give up and all those things is because you are, you are literally retraining pathways in your brain and those things don't happen overnight. The things we've learned since childhood, the things that, you know, you spend the year, you know, two years, three years, 20 years in a crappy job, and it's training your brain to behave a certain way. And so, um, you know, when you're saying don't give up, I do think, though, there's one thing, because I try to be careful about everybody's journey is different. Everyone's fight is different, right? So for me, it took 10 or 12 months for me to start to climb out of the hole. For you, you're like, hey, four years, and I'm still, I'm still fighting. I still struggle every day. Like it is an active practice for me on a daily basis to address my mental health. And one of those things for me is I need to be able to feel my feelings in the full amount that my body needs to feel them. But I make a compromise with myself that I don't linger there. So like if I start to cry, if I'm in a like whatever business meeting or something, I'm not going to cry, cry, but like, 
if I'm whatever, <laughs> sounds funny. I cry at like laundry commercials and stupid crap like that. But like, if I need to cry, I will just let it out. Yeah. I will cry it out rather than fighting it because that's what my body, what my mental health, what my, my, whatever, the chemical balance up there, it needs to get that out. My yeah. body knows what's toxic and it's trying to get it out. Um, same thing with like just feeling depressed or anxious. There are plenty of times when you're running a business where things are not going to go your way. And what I do is I go, okay, how, like, how important is this? How bad could it be? We talked about, you know, what's the worst? And I will allow myself a certain amount of time to feel that anxiety, to feel that worry, to feel, I know this sounds bad, but to feel sorry for myself, to feel, you know, upset or sad or disappointed or angry or whatever that negative emotion is. Usually I will allow myself the day, meaning like when I wake up tomorrow, I am going to do everything in my power to move past this in a positive way. But the reason that I can usually do, not always, but most of the time I can do that is because when it's happening or like with that allotment of time, I will not, I try not to guilt trip myself around the feeling that I have. So I'm like today for the rest of the night, I get to feel bad about this and all that that entails. If it means that I need to eat a pint of ice cream and watch Netflix, that's what that means for the whole night. And that's the off switch that a lot of people don't see, right? Like they don't, nobody sees that part because they see me the next morning when I get up and I go, I have felt those emotions. I've acknowledged them and I'm choosing to move on to the next thing. It's not always that easy, but I think we try to fight that emotion too much and it ends up making it harder to like, let it go in the long run. What you're talking about right now is huge. And I just went through this. I'm going through this. This is this guy, Michael Singer. Uh, he has this book called the Un yeah. untethered soul. And uh, really what he teaches is it's it's through the chakras, right? So it's getting a little woo-woo, but it's I believe yeah. it 100%. It's, they're, called, it's okay. they're called subscaras. So like whenever you yeah. are resisting an emotion, whenever you you feel something come up and you block it, then that thing is getting stuck inside of you. Whatever that thing is that you're huh? resisting, you're, you're, you're like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to have this emotion. It's going to get stuck inside of you. And then you're going to have to just live with it. And it's going to come up yep. over and over and over again. But if you take the time to let those things up and out and let them flow through and like let the emotion fully express itself, mm -hmm. and like you said, then it, it goes. That's all. It needs to go. It needs to go somewhere. Every, everything is energy. And those emotions, those, yep. those feelings you're having are energy. If you stop them, they're going to get blocked. So they need yeah, it's to still go in through. you. All that energy right. is still in there. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And <laughs> yep. so it's so true. So I think that's a that's a really important piece. I think a lot of people can can benefit from. And you know, when you said about teaching, right? I think some people are are born teachers. I love to teach as well. But think about uh -huh. it like this: like you have to be able to give value to people. If you are helping somebody else, yeah. if you're serving somebody else, serving a greater good, you're going to be happier. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what the profession yep. is. If you are helping somebody move forward in it's some perfect. sort of way, yeah, yep. that's it. I mean, that really help across the board, no matter what profession it is. So I think that's a huge thing. And take it over to marketing. Move that over to marketing. How is that going to help your marketing? Well, you're actually going to be in a mindset then. And I used to be I was very selfish, so I had a lot of I had trouble 
uh, breaking that mindset of like, well, how is this helping me? And I had, and I still fall into that sometimes, but really now I try to focus on like, if I'm going to do this thing, how many wins can I create? Go into uh, the the book, yeah. good, good to Great. You know, if I'm winning and the person I'm helping is winning and other people through that, like this conversation, like it's helping me, it's helping you, but everybody listening, it's all, yeah. also helping them as well. So uh, if you can create multiple wins, then you're going to be satisfied. The other person's going to be satisfied. Everybody's going to uh, benefit from the thing that you're doing. And that is, yeah, you're, I mean, yep. you hit it on the head. That's 100% true. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I think you really yeah. have helped a lot of people with this conversation. I think you shared a lot of information. Is there anything that I haven't asked that you want to throw out there? Anything that you'd want to touch on uh, that you'd want people to know? <laughs> Giving me an open mic is dangerous, Rob. You've already heard me chop your ear off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I think, you know, if, if uh, going back to the original premise of this podcast, which was, you know, what would you tell you know, the younger generation or your younger self or, you know, what are like, I think, I I think the thing that I was, I shouldn't say not prepared for, like I knew it was going to be tough work and I knew, but like, it's just never what you think it's going to be. And for me, I think that's been one of the most challenging things to, I don't want to say accept, but to just get used to as an adult is that like, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, inherently as humans, like we're going to develop this mental plan for what our life is going to be or what that job or that relationship is going to be. And we're going to be here by a certain point and we're going to all those things. Like it just, it's never going to be that it's never going to be. And you can make as many plans as you want, but like if, if you allow the reality of the situation, like if you take what is actually happening and constantly compare it to what you think should be happening, you're just never going to be happy mm-hmm. because it's they're never going to meet up. And so, you know, it's, it's not in the, in the, the grand scheme of life. So like, you know, I'm going to go get coffee. Well, yeah, go get coffee. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, you know, how you grand designed your life. And so to me, you know, it never occurred to me when I was younger that I wouldn't go to college and get a bachelor's degree. I was always part of the plan. And then I started working when I was 16. I went and got my associate's degree. I was offered a full-time job in, a, in an industry I wanted to explore. And I've never gone back and gotten my bachelor's. So I have an associate's degree in communication, but like I don't have any immediate plans to go back and get a degree. And for a while, I felt really bad about that. Like I had failed somehow in life because I didn't get this this box checked off, you know? Um, and now I look at it and go, no, my God, I'm, I'm in such a great place in my life. And I wouldn't be here if all those things hadn't happened. You know, same thing with my corporate career. I was in a different industry, climbing a corporate ladder, miserable, you know, and, and said, I have to get off the ladder and literally just jumped off the medical, the metaphorical ladder and created something on my own. I never, this wasn't ever the plan, but I'm, you know, accepting it day by day, learning day by day and growing with it and way happier than I ever was in corporate life. So I think that that's a hard thing, like especially through if you're younger and you're in school, there's that that path is not set in stone and you have to be willing to accept the changes that happen and the thing like and just go with it and find happiness in it in the moment because waiting until X, Y, and Z happens to be happy is just a really bad way to go through life. And then once those things actually happen, you'll realize that was just a momentary happiness and then you're chasing something else to be happy about. And also the things take a lot longer. Usually the big things that you want take a lot longer than you expect them to. 
So if you think something's yeah, going to oh happen. Yeah, oh yeah, like, way longer. Yeah, so in the immediate. Uh, 10x, the, baby. <laughs> in the world of. 10x, I read that book and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Grant's got it right. Like everything that I think I'm going to do takes 10 times as much energy and time as I thought it was going to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good thing, though, because then you get to grow more and you get to learn more. So I think it's actually a yeah, benefit true. if you have to look at it the right way. If people want to contact you and find out more about you, how what's the best ways to get a hold of you? Yeah. So um, Piccolo Marketing is the name of my company. And that is Piccolo. I know it's funny, like the wind instrument. So P-I-C-C-O-L-O marketing.com. Um, and you can reach out there. I actually have my own website because I do public speaking and coaching and consulting. Um, but Anavia is a little bit harder to spell, so you might put that one in your uh, your podcast notes, Rob. Okay. <laughs> uh, but com is the website for that. But you can reach me through PiccoloMarketing.com for sure. Cool. Anavia, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I love this conversation. I'm sure other people got a lot out of it as well. And I'm just, I'm happy to know you and to see somebody who's like so driven and so passionate about what they do. So thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Great conversation. I appreciate it. See, here, here's how you know. If you ever host a podcast, let me tell you something real quick. Like, here's how you know when you have a great guest. After Anavia, I had to cut that pod, that episode together a little bit. I usually don't edit anything, by the way, on these episodes. I don't edit anything out of the conversation. But after Anavia and I had finished the podcast, we continued to talk. And we started getting into some stuff that I was like, dude, we got to go back and include this in there because we can't leave this out. So uh, it doesn't matter where that is in the podcast, but I... I ha- there's an extra like five minutes in there that wouldn't have been there otherwise or like an extra 10 minutes probably that wouldn't have been there otherwise because here's the thing when you do podcasts I'm just telling this to people who either do one or want to do one you, you find out that you can have amazing conversations with people and you find out you can make amazing connections and, and amazing friends and you, you just meet people that fire you up because you're usually on that podcast as long as you're doing it for a purpose you're on there talking about something that you're passionate about so when you start rolling with somebody the conversation just goes and you get so much out of it they get so much out of it and hopefully every listener gets so much out of it so i think when you go and you start doing podcasts you'll find this you'll have certain guests that you're just like damn we could just talk about this for hours and hours and hours and it's it's impactful because you don't get that in everyday life you don't just talk to people so uh, intently in everyday life and that's why everybody should do a podcast because you just grow better people skills and you become a better person that's just the truth so thank you to Anavia for coming on Piccolo Marketing make sure you check it out she's amazing she does an awesome job you know always look for things in people that you want to acquire for yourself right and then make sure that you also have something they can acquire from you too so it's not just about like actual physical things it's also about traits and personality like that's the kind of stuff you also want to pick up on make sure you get the right stuff thank you to ddp yoga check out ddpyoga.com i promise you get the app on your phone or on the ipad or on a tablet or whatever do the workouts you'll see for yourself you'll you'll see especially if you want to lose weight I'm, i'm telling you right now ddp yoga will make a huge impact on your life i do it all the time yeah they're a sponsor because they give me access to the app i promote them but i promote them i reached out to them because I wanted to promote them because I love what they do. DDPYoga.com. Please, if you like this show, subscribe, rate, and review. Please, my zebras, what's up? Please help out the podcast. 
social platforms. Uh, you can just find them all at robzradio.com. If you go to robzradio.com, the first thing on there, or maybe like the second thing on the first fold, will be all of my podcasts and social media links. Find everything right there. Make sure that you're swapping out the shitty thoughts of the 80,000 thoughts in your head and plug it in some awesome, amazing ones. Maybe by using this podcast, and there's plenty of other podcasts out there who do it better than I do. Ed Milet's one dude that pops, pops into my mind. If you don't listen to Ed Milet, you're missing out. I promise you that. Thank you to Jake Over, my dude. Uh, all the music on this podcast, the intros, right now what you're hearing is Jake Over. He's a music producer out of central Pennsylvania. Just uh, go on Facebook, look up Jake Over. The music stopped. That means we're done. Peace out. This is Rob Z Radio.